0: got like 12 or 13 pages of notes here, and, and I just, there are days that I've, I've worked and worked and worked, and it's just like, okay, I don't know, but I do know that God is going to, He's going to speak through me to you, all right? So we'll start with this. When I was a kid, so we're, we're in a series on hunger for God. I want to be hungry for God. How do you get hungry for God? So we started this last week. You know, we, we talked about how when you eat sugar, you get hungry for sugar, right? When you stop eating sugar, you don't crave sugar anymore. Sugar is more addictive than cocaine, they say. How many of you are addicted to sugar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We heard all about Linda's addiction to sugar this week in our prayer services. And uh, we prayed for. Her. Did it work? You did? Uh, yeah. It yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. If the husband confirms, then yes. Um, how did that go for you? The prayer and fasting. I don't know about you, but I had some immediate results in my life. You know, we talk about relationships and how important relationships are to God. I had people that I haven't heard from in years. Or a person, at least, that I haven't heard from in years. And I had some others reach out to me to reconcile. That's awesome. You know, people get mad at the preacher. Did you know that? They don't like what he says sometimes. They don't like that he has to say no sometimes. I don't like to say no to anybody. But I got to. It's part of the job, right? It's the call but I had people reach out to me. God was telling me to call you. God was calling me to te- telling me to text you. And I just want you to know I'm here. And I wanted to reconnect with you. That's awesome. Fasting and prayer. Anybody else have a result? I was talking to Colette this morning. I won't share her stuff. Oh, forgive me. Hang on. Eva? 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 No. Oh, is it? Okay. You look familiar. I got lights in my face. What's your name? Lillian? Mm hmm. just beautiful. Hmm. Wow. Well, we're we're so glad that you made it here today. he loves us and we're so grateful that you came today god bless you becoming hungry for him in our lives is so important and i pray that he would stir inside of you something that causes you to say you know what god i want more of you i want more of you i want to taste and see that the lord is good <clears throat> when i was a kid <clears throat> excuse me i was going to bed and in my life i've had a couple of dreams and this is one of them that i know it was from god i laid down to go to sleep <clears throat> And it was as though as soon as my eyes closed, I started dreaming. And it was like I stepped into the spiritual warfare of what was going on around me. It was like I woke up and I was watching what was happening around our house. The windows, I could see outside the window was these Demonic creatures that were just beating on the windows. They started beating and beating and beating and beating. And it got louder and louder and louder and louder. And it was as though our house was about to just get flooded with these demonic beings. You can imagine as a kid, I was scared half to death. And then suddenly. It went quiet. A huge peace filled the air. You can only imagine what happened, right? And I looked outside my door and I could see there was a little light that was coming through from somewhere. So after I mustered up my senses to figure out, you know, what's going on here, I was able to get up and out of my bed. mind you, this was a dream. I don't know for sure if I actually physically got up or not. I think I do. Honestly, I think I do. I don't know, though. It was that real. So I walked out into the hallway and and I decided to follow the light and I turned to go down towards the living room. And as I did, I got towards the living room and it was suddenly not our house. It was a log cabin of sorts. And as I walked into the living room, there was a, a countertop, a wooden countertop and a man sitting at the countertop. And he was doing something that I have no idea why. Other than I'm still trying to this day figure it out. He was peeling potatoes. He's just sitting at the countertop. Peeling potatoes. Peeling potatoes. And I looked at him and he goes... I looked, and there's a spot at the table or at the counter for me to go and sit down next to him and peel potatoes. So I did. I knew who it was. It was Jesus. And every now and then through that dream, I would look over at him, and he would just look over at me, and he'd smile. And he'd just keep peeling the potato. One after another. Peeling potatoes. I sat there with Jesus for like the whole night and peeled potatoes. And not a word was said. The next morning I woke up, I was completely drenched with sweat. Covered with sweat. My mom thought I was sick. She thought I had some kind of a virus, so she kept me home. But within two hours, I was perfectly fine. No sickness, nothing. And for the rest of my life, I've been trying to figure out what in the world was God trying to tell me? Why was he sitting there peeling potatoes and why was I sitting there peeling them with him? So what I've been praying about this week trying to understand. During our prayer times, if you want to read the boards that we've put up, you can go and you can read these after church and hear what we've been praying about. Hunger for his wisdom, hunger for his ability, hunger for people to grow, God's people to grow, hunger for knowledge, hunger for his presence, hunger for his purpose and hunger for souls. These are the things that we prayed about last this throughout this week. Read them. Know what's going on with your church family if you weren't here. But the potatoes became a little bit more clear during our prayer times this week. The potatoes are people. Did you know that if you let a potato sit in your pantry for a little while, what happens to it? It starts to sprout. Why? not in the ground what happens to it it starts to sprout it's alive this potato is alive are there seeds for potatoes no the potatoes are seeds themselves they have little sprouts coming out of them and they'll seed the ground with potatoes to create more potatoes pretty interesting isn't it It's like people, isn't it? You are God's seed. You are the one that goes out into the world to find more potatoes. So we're trying to reach potatoes, aren't we? But why the peeling? You know, the the outer shell of the potato is said to be the most nutritious part of the potato, isn't it? Why was he peeling it back? Flesh, outer shell. For this flesh looks like the most, the most nutritious part of our life, isn't it? it? It looks like it. When our flesh gets cut, when it hurts, when we get sick, our flesh hurts. We try to feed this flesh a lot, don't we? We try to take care of this flesh. Our flesh cries out for different things. Paul talked a lot about the flesh. Versus what? The Spirit. What did he long for? He longed for the Spirit within his. God person, the person within, you know, in Romans chapter 7, he talked about how the flesh was so frustrating to him. He said, man, the things that I know I should do, I don't do. The things that I know I shouldn't do, I keep doing. Who will rescue me from this body of sin and death? He asked that question. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, man, the sin that I know I shouldn't do, I keep doing. Can anybody relate? And he says, the things that I know I should do. The good things that I should do. I don't do those things, and it's so frustrating to me. We want to be good people, don't we? We want to be good potatoes. So, Jesus, how is He trimming back the flesh? Remember in the Old Testament, Remember the Old Testament? The symbolism of circumcision. Y'all remember that? On the eighth day, God would have every male child circumcised. It's kind of interesting because the reason he had them do it on the eighth day. Do we have any nurses or doctors here? Why would he have them do it on the eighth day? Because the child's vitamin K was not all kicked in yet. And so what does that mean? It means the blood clotting wasn't, wasn't capable of being there yet. And so on the eighth day, that's the peak blood clotting ability. And so isn't that interesting? Thousands of years ago when God created all of this and he put all of this into play, he said, all right, circumcise them on the eighth day. And that's still in the practice today. Unless they shoot your kid up with a bunch of vitamin K beforehand. And he kept picking up new potatoes and just peeling them. Making a mess all over the floor. It's driving people crazy. (laughs) Circumcision of the flesh. What was it? What was it symbolic of? The covenant, the new covenant would do what? It would circumcise the heart. And so what does that look like? Jesus cutting back peeling back layer after layer after layer of your flesh your heart why? what does God want to do with your heart? he wants to write his laws on your heart why does he want to do that? because God wants you to love Him and understand what He does and why He does it. God wants you to know what He likes and what He doesn't like. He wants a relationship with you. And so when He peels, what's He doing? He's making a way for Him to come deeper and closer to you in your heart. So the question then becomes, how does he peel? What does that look like? How does he get closer to you? How does he peel back the layers of your heart? Anybody here ever had problems in your life? Have you ever gotten closer to Jesus because of those problems? He's peeling your potato. Right? He's peeling. He's trying to get closer to you. Anybody ever sat down to read God's Word in the morning and pray? That's an intentional approach for you to let God get closer and deeper to you. And what does that do? It creates more of a hunger inside of you for Him. A deeper and closer hunger for Him. God wants to bring you closer to Him. One day, Jesus was traveling with his disciples, and they came to a place called Samaria, and they got to this place, and there was a well, and Jesus decided that he wanted to just stay at the well. He sensed, I'm sure, that the Father wanted to do something there, and the guys were like, hey, Jesus, well, we're going to go on into town. Do you want us to grab you some Chick-fil-A? And Jesus was like, no, bring some Burger King back, right? And so Jesus stayed there. They went on into town. And he sat down by the well. And the scripture says a Samaritan woman came to draw water from the well. And Jesus asked her, hey, would you please give me a drink of water? Well, she was a feisty woman. I know we don't have any feisty women here. But this woman was feisty. And I love that because God... God just puts all of this stuff in the scripture and, and I love feisty women, you know, she was there and she was going to let him know, hey, you can, you can, you're not going to, uh, you're not going to use me or abuse me, all right, I'm going to be, I, I'm here and I'm not vulnerable, I know I'm by myself and you're a man, and listen, I'm, I, I know how to take care of myself, and she started putting that wall there, and you can imagine what she thought, how strange it is that this Jew is out here, and he's at the well by himself, and, and not only that, but he's talking to me, a Samaritan, because we don't, talk to each other. And she actually said this, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink of water when Jews and Samaritans won't have anything to do with each other? These, these are the words, John chapter four, verses eight through 10. And Jesus answered her. He said, you don't know what God wants to give you. And you don't know who is asking you for a drink. She thought she was thirsty for real water. But she needed God. She was really thirsty for Him. He said, if you did, you would ask me for the water that gives life. Then she said, look, you don't even have a bucket. Just feisty. How are you going to get that life-giving water? In other words, what's wrong with you? You're a crazy Jew. And Jesus said... Everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again. So he's talking about the water from the well. Everyone who drinks this water is going to get thirsty again. Everyone who feeds this flesh, everyone who just tries to take care of this flesh and this body is going to get thirsty again. But no one who drinks the water I give you will ever be thirsty again. The water I give is like a flowing fountain that gives eternal life. Don't you want that water? Then she plays along with him. She's like, okay, all right, let me play along with you. Sir, please give me a water, a drink from that water. Then I won't get thirsty and I'll have to, I won't have to come to this well again. And Jesus is like, oh, you're not getting it. This is completely different water. And suddenly, with one statement, everything got serious. All the bantering was going to stop. And Jesus hits her with these words that stop her in her tracks. And he says, Go and bring your husband. (sighs) He cuts straight through it all. What was he doing? He was peeling the potato. He's like, Go get your husband. He started that process in her life. And this was just the beginning of what was going to happen in this woman's life. And he created in her this day a great hunger for God that never stopped. Those words brought sudden conviction on her. You know what conviction is, right? Conviction is what comes on you when you suddenly realize, okay, there's something between God and me. And God is drawing me closer. It's not condemnation. Condemnation is what we get a lot in churches. And, you know, when the pastor comes up and says, I saw where you went this week and I know what you did. And God said I and God gossiped to me about your sin. And let me tell you about your sin. That's condemnation. Right. Right. Conviction is what draws us closer to God. Conviction is when we see, oh man, there's something between God and me, and I need to get past it, I need to get around it, I need to get that out of my life, and I want to get closer to Him. That's conviction. And Suddenly she had some conviction come upon her, and she said, I don't have a husband. And then what did he do? That's right. You don't. He said, you're telling the truth. You don't have a husband. You've already been married five times and the man you're now living with isn't your husband. Whack. 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 This woman has had a life of pain. And Jesus wasn't there to condemn her. Not at all. He was peeling back the layers So that he could get to the heart. And that's all he wants from you. That's all he's trying to do. He's trying to get into your heart. He's not trying to hurt you. He's not trying to condemn you. He's not trying to tell you how awful you are. He's trying to get to your heart. So that he can then begin to write on your heart the law of God. God's ways, the things that God likes and the things that God doesn't like so that you can begin to have that relationship with him. He wants to know you and he wants you to know him. He doesn't want you out in the dark about why he does things the way he does them. He wants to peel back the layers so that he can get into your heart and begin to teach you and walk with you and be with you. woman gets gets up and she leaves her jar and she goes into town and and the scripture says she went into town and she was yelling come and see a man who told me everything I've done could he be the messiah everyone in the town then went out with her to see Jesus and you can imagine what the disciples saw when they got back good grief we leave him here alone for a half an hour and look what he's done everybody in town has come out to him and it's great because They walked up to Jesus and he's like, hey, here's your Burger King. And Jesus is like, I don't need that. I have food that you don't even know about. What? What is he talking about? Who brought him food? We did. You can't believe we put. Jesus was talking about spiritual food. And it even took care of his flesh. Isn't that cool? She had gotten a taste of Jesus, didn't she? And he peeled open her heart and he began to write on it. Jesus stayed in town that, that week for a few days, a couple of days. And while he was there, so many people came to him. So many people came to Christ. And they, they said to the woman, they said, hey, we no longer have faith in Jesus just because of what you told us. We heard, have heard him for ourselves And we are certain that he is the savior of the world. Listen, Jesus found this person who was hurt. He found this person who was at the end of her rope at some level. She was, her life was full of trouble. She was full of disappointment in her life. And what did he do? He started the process of healing in her life. And he started it by peeling things back. Peeling off some of the flesh and helping her to see this isn't going to work. She was thirsty, she was hungry for the real answer. How would Jesus find you today? What's Jesus trying to peel back in your life? Because he he takes you and he says, "I love you." And it's time to start working. Time to start a new life. How has he cut you? Being cut is painful, isn't it? How has he cut you? Do you trust? And if you don't, I'm here to tell you that you can. You can. And when he cuts you, you know it's him. And some people will get up and they shake their fists at him and say, why did you do that? I don't understand. I don't ever want you to cut me again. I don't ever want to be hurt by you again and they walk away from him why because they don't understand and they don't want to but when you want to understand and when you want to love god in spite of things when he cuts you you're going to let him get closer to you would jesus find you still young but yet already tired of life Is that where you are today? Would he find you late in life, maybe older and already feeling like I'm finished? I don't have purpose. I don't have meaning. Listen, Moses was like 80 years old when he went to the burning bush before he even went and and delivered Israel. So don't tell me you're too old to reconnect with God and have purpose in your life. I might feel differently when I turn 80. All right. But at the moment I'm not going to let you get away with that excuse. You've got blood pumping in your in your veins, you've got air in your lungs, you have purpose and you have meaning in life. God's not finished with you yet. You might feel washed up, you might feel cheated, you might feel like you've been abused in this life. You might even be a retired preacher that's tired of dealing with the church politics and religious people. Well, you've come to the right place. Because we don't have either one of those. (laughs) Amen. Or maybe you're here today and you're wondering if you should begin this journey. Maybe today you're starting to realize that this was just so he could get closer to you. It's time to begin the process. It's time to let God begin the process of healing. Your life. One year ago, today, well tomorrow, but it was a Sunday, when I took Angela to the hospital. We found out she had COVID pneumonia. when everybody in the ER is really concerned, that's a scary thing. So as we go into this week, and I know that at 2.10 a.m. next Sunday morning will be one year from that phone call that she is with Jesus. If I can stand here and tell you, and listen, I know some of you have been through far greater hurt. But if I can stand here and tell you, I know. That it hurts when he cuts. But I can also tell you that I'm closer to him today than I've ever been in my life. And he's writing on my heart. What he wants and what he likes and what he doesn't like. And I'm growing. To know him better. And if you'll let him. Just cut a little bit more. Whatever it takes. To let him get just a little bit deeper. And a little bit closer. You'll never regret it. It's time to be hungry for him. It's time to let him in. Closer and closer. James David, would you come? So what happened to the Samaritan woman from the well? How did she turn out? The scripture doesn't say. It's the only story about this woman that we've got in scripture. But there is material and information outside of scripture that tells us. It's tradition of what, what the Orthodox Church communicates. So the historical records give us a name for this woman. And her name was Fatina. Fatina. She's known as the holy martyr Fatina. And you can go and Google her and you can read some about her, what limited information there is. But I'll, I'll share with you what happened with her. You see, her hunger for god was already was always there after that moment at the well she lived in a place called Carthage and fearlessly preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to that community to the point that nero himself hated her y'all remember who nero is right or was burned rome Nero did everything he could do to stop Christianity. In fact, they suspect that that's why he burned Rome, to blame it on the Christians. He had Fatina's son blinded and put into prison. But God healed him, and he started preaching inside the prison. That's awesome. And it's reported that Fatina and her sisters were sent to the Roman imperial court under the supervision of Nero's daughter herself. And Fatina personally spoke to to Nero's daughter and all of her servants and all of them accepted Jesus into their lives. The woman at the well. And that she... Converted a sorcerer who had brought poisoned food to her. That sorcerer came to Christ. What an amazing story. They tried to crucify her and her sisters. But it's reported that an angel of the Lord came and saved them and healed them from their wounds. Enraged, Nero ordered that some of the most cruel things that you could possibly do to a human body were done to these women And I won't go into any details, but Fatina, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, they filleted her live, And they threw her into a well. Of all things to do, they threw her into a well. you know, somehow inside of her, that brought some hope. This is where I met Jesus. This is the kind of place that I met Jesus. And as she laid in that well, you can only imagine what was going on in her head. Now listen, she was still the feisty woman that Jesus met that day. Somehow, after a few days, Fatina was still alive and they brought her in. And, and locked her up for 20 days. And Nero had her brought before him. And he asked her, will you now relent and offer sacrifice to idols? He wanted her to renounce Jesus so that he could tell everybody else, Fatina gave up Jesus, you need to as well. And history records that Fatina spat on Nero. Still that feisty woman, right? She spat on him. And you can imagine her skinless face as she looked at him and these are the words that she said, Oh, most impious of the blind, you profligate and stupid man, do you think me so deluded that I would consent to renounce my Lord Christ and instead offer sacrifice to idols which are as blind as you are? She was thrown back into the well and it's there that she died. Never denying the man that she met at the well some years ago. Her hunger and thirst for God were completely satisfied. And she's there today with Jesus. And oh, what a woman! You see, when you let God peel back the layers in your life, it hurts, but you know it's real. God has said some things to me over the last year of my life that, man, it hurt. But it's what I needed to hear. And today, if you'll trust Him with your pain, if you'll trust Him with the hurts, If you'll trust him with the truth, whether you like it or not, doesn't matter. If you'll trust him with the truth, if you'll let him begin to write on the the tablet of your heart what he likes and what he doesn't like, and if you'll invite him in to have that relationship if you haven't already, and if you have, just let him in more. Get hungry for him, thirst after him. And what does he say? You'll never thirst again. What is he talking about? He's talking about this body of flesh. You'll begin to live a life that honors and respects his relationship with you and having him in your life. That's the thirst he's talking about. The flesh, cutting it back. And living a new life. Listen, I know people that used to be on meth. You'd never know it now. Because why? Jesus cut it away. We've got people sitting in this room that used to be addicted to alcohol and all kinds of stuff. And they're here today. Why? Because Jesus cut it back. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, come on, folks. If you don't become alive, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm going to go out and cry out to the rocks. That's exciting stuff. Let him peel it back. Let him peel it back. Would you bow your heads? Some of you have been angry with God. It's time for you to see He's for you. He's not against you. He loves you. He cares about you. And every pain and every hurt that He allowed you to go through, God can turn it into something absolutely beautiful and it can be absolutely something that's life-changing and wonderful. When you turn it over to him, God will heal you and he'll make sense of it. What's he going to do? He's going to write on the tablet of your heart. You'll understand it maybe for the first time. You've got to get into a place where you're in a relationship with him. Come on, let a hunger and a thirst begin to come inside of you. God, I want to know what you know. God, I want to have the wisdom that you have. God, I want to understand your ways to the best of my ability. God, I want to do that. And I, I ask you to teach me right on the tablet of my heart today. I want to know you. I invite you into my life in a deeper and newer way. Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. and I thank you. For your healing in my life today. Help me to understand. Help me to know you. And God with what I don't understand. I will trust to you. Until I do. Maybe there's somebody here today. And you need to forgive somebody. You see, God will use all the pain and struggle that even humans bring to you to draw you closer to him. It's time to let them go. And it's time to say, God, I trust it to you. Everything that's happened to me was just so that I could draw closer to you. I believe that and I accept that today. I want that to happen. I let them go. They were just part of the puzzle, part of the, the process that it has taken for me to be where I'm at at this very moment and inviting you deeper into my life. I give them to you, Jesus. Thank you.